Hey everybody, welcome to Real Talk about real estate investing. Uh, today we're excited. You know, we have Troy and Lisa on. We met them on and off uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, we're in, you know, a couple of investor groups together. And I think it's about three months ago, Lisa reached out to Leanne and, um, you know, they started sharing some ideas going back and forth and, you know, networking and uh, again, that power of, hey, what are you doing? What, do you, what are we doing? What's this person doing and, and talking? And that's kind of what we do best is uh, is networking and uh, you know meeting other people and talking about you know their power team. So um, we got talking the other day. You guys are launching an exciting new uh, new venture, um, you know, creating a new group. So uh, we thought we would have you guys on and, and talk about uh, talk about that. Yeah. So uh, like Mike said, uh, Lisa and I connected a couple months, or I don't know, time flies. Really, it does. So we connected <laughs> a ways and- back few days back um and then yeah here we are and so let's get started um troy and lisa tell us about yourself and what your real estate journey looks like right now yeah so thank you so much for having us we're really grateful to be here and so glad to have connected with you um we have had a journey of over 11 years now of investing in real estate and it started with one we call it like our accidental rental property. And for that, we just, we stayed at having one rental, a few different ones, but just one at a time for about six years. And it wasn't really until the last five years that we decided to start scaling and start getting into multifamily. And since that time, uh, we went in the last two years, we've gone from nine doors to 55 doors uh, and counting all the way across Canada. Uh, We've done rent to own, we've done short-term rentals, we've done house hacking. And after all that, we've now, I feel like as good as settled, as settled as we can be on multifamily residential as being our our favorite, our strategy, our our go-to right now. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. (laughs) In how many years was that? (laughs) It's been 11 years of, you know, going from like the the accidental rental property, uh, but the last two have really been the accelerator. We started out 2020 with nine doors and then now, you know, two years later have 55. So it's been That's incredible. Uh, yeah. There's, Troy's been very busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and, and that sounds a lot like, like mine and, and Steph's backstory, right? This is our 11th year. We started in 2011. And then we, we, we picked up nine, uh, nine doors kind of really quickly, just kind of as a, we'll figure it out later, but we know that this is a really good idea. And then we really didn't do much with it for that first five or six years. And it's just been in the last kind of three or four that we've really kind of scaled and grown and figured out that this is now a lifestyle, right? And, and we've kind of turned it into a business. And it's, it's funny how you can start off and really not know what you're doing but still it lays a really great foundation for where you want to get to when you finally figure it out down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Our journey sounded very similar. And one of the things that we talk about is like, we wish we'd had more intention we wish we'd yes. known what we were doing 11 years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine where we'd all be now if we knew what we know now back then? Yes. We'd all be with Mike and Leanne in Florida. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, our journey has been that long, but uh, you know, we made some really good moves in the last couple of years and you know, yeah kind of got laser focused and, uh, you know, took a dive into Florida. So a, a question for you guys. So there's a lot of talk of, you know, real estate being a great, you know, passive way to make money. You know, what are certain common, uh, you know, misconceptions about, you know, real estate income and, you know, actually uh, what it is? Our intention has always been to make it as passive as possible. But mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is that it, it 
can become another job, right? And, and that's not sure. what we intended for it to be. So we've really tried to um, structure all of our deals to make sure that we include property management. We don't self-manage anything, uh, not to say there's anything wrong with that, just, you know, how yeah. we've tried to deleverage our our time to, uh, you know, expand. Um, and, and it's, it's really as, as passive as you make it. Uh, however as as you kind of build in the systems and the teams necessary to to take away that that work for you you also kind of incur more expense so your your yep. profitability decreases with your 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 passivity increasing so uh another thing that we we've encountered is stabilized buildings which are a lot more expensive uh, are are a lot more um, easier to manage, but but also you know the co the cost is you, you pay more upfront. So we've kind of gone with the Burr strategy in in multifamily that that has allowed us to add value, but it's more work. So I, right. I think there's a lot of you know misconception maybe that it's a completely passive business, but until you kind of get them turned over and and stabilized, the the buildings. It, it is more work for sure. And, and what we've discovered, and I know Mike and Leanne and I have talked about this and Steph, when he's, when he's with us, um, it's like you trade time for money, right? So either you have a building that, um, isn't stabilized, that doesn't really click along on its own yet. And that's taking all of your time, or you've got somebody else taking care of it and it's taking some of your money. So yeah. you really, at the beginning, especially if you're, if you're into a project where you're trying to kind of create that value and, and push it up so you can refinance it and take the money out. Um, that's, that's just the way that it leverages, right? It's, it's kind of one or the other at the end. And a lot of people think that, oh my gosh, you, you have four units, you must just be swimming in money every month. And, and we all know that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, there aren't really very many months where you're swimming in money, whether you're passive or not passive. Um, but like you guys, at the very beginning, we decided we wanted to be investors. We didn't want to be landlords because landlording is an entirely different game than just investing. As much as investing takes your time and your energy, not that there's anything wrong with self-managing and there's a lot of people that do it and are really great at it, but we knew that that wasn't something we wanted to do and we didn't want to kind of engage in that piece. And um, so building that part of your system into your team um, or that part of the team into your system is is for us very important right because we knew that we weren't going to be hands-on having those conversations dealing with the broken toilets and the tenants that don't like each other and, and all of those kinds of things exactly yeah right on okay so the next question what did the learning curve look like going from one to nine and then 22 to 50 because those are two very distinct brackets right and there's very different things happening in each of those spots Right. One to nine, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of figuring it out. You're learning, you're building your systems. You're kind of creating your team. Uh, nine to 22, you've kind of got your feet wet, I think. And then, you know what, and, and what did that look like for you guys? So I, I think the first one, as Lisa mentioned earlier, was, was really kind of accidental. So we weren't really intending, we didn't know where it was going to go, where it was going to take us. And over time, as we, you know, then acquired a duplex, uh, and then, uh, you know, did a couple of rent to own deals in there. And then we actually got into one of our larger at the time, multifamily buildings, which was six units. Uh, I think we were both almost stunned when we had, had purchased it. Like, what do we do now? 
<laughs> so that's that's what it got us to nine. And um, I think it was really figuring out what what it takes to to run it and what systems do you need and how can you deleverage your time so that you're not doing all of those all of those toilets and tenants and all the time all right? the things so it, it, it was inter interviewing trying failing with different property managers uh you know what to look for in property managers what to look for in in uh, contractors all sorts of really good learning <laughs> moments throughout that for sure and, and we've all got our stories, right? Of, of, so in, in that respect to kind of stay on that point, what do you wish you would have known back then that you know now? Cause now I'm sure you you're saving a ton of time compared to what you did at the beginning. Like all of us, as you, as you learn and grow, you become more efficient. So what's the, what's your, your piece that you wish you would have known back then? I think the biggest thing would have been map out what we want to do like what's the what's the end game here I, I think we were a little bit aimless in in what we we're doing and what what we were buying and therefore where we were buying it and what what metrics were we looking at were we looking at any metrics is in some right. cases uh, not necessarily so i think it was really um figuring out what we wanted and and how to get there uh, so that's what i would say it would be one um i would say getting mentors sooner I mean, experience is one of those things that you pay for no matter what you pay for it with forging your own trail or you pay for it by paying someone to teach you. And right. I think we definitely could have accelerated uh, things a lot quicker and, and been retired by now if uh, we had chosen to invest in some some mentorship 11 years ago. Well, it sounds like you're well on your way. So whatever, whatever held you up at the beginning, it sounds like you've definitely made up for it. And you guys are just kind of cruising now. Well, one thing I want to touch on too um, is also yeah. mindset. So Troy talked a lot about like the systems and the processes and, and that that's all, I think that's really important. Having a goal, like that's the number one thing we tell people when they're like, well, how do I get started? Or is this a good property? I'm like, what is your goal? What are you trying to achieve here? So those things are important, but I also think mindset was a big one because I think there was, we had fear of like, even buying our first duplex was like, oh my goodness, now like two doors and what's this going to look like? And what if the tenants don't like each other? And just, it was just the next level. And then the same thing with the six unit, um, the six unit was like, okay, now there's six doors and now there's, you know, eight doors all in one city. And what is that like? And the roof is bigger and the, the problems are just different. And um, I think we definitely felt a bit scared. And I'll, you know, I'll give you this example in terms of like mindset. I felt like we tripped over dollars to pick up pennies. We actually stayed away at the time from commercial mortgages and commercial, like the bigger multifamily because, and it's like it's embarrassing to say, but I feel like it's important to share. I, I know I for sure, yeah, I think you probably felt the same way. I didn't want to pay a higher interest rate on a commercial mortgage versus a residential. So I was like, oh, I don't want to pay an extra 1%. So let's just stay small and stay in this, you know, in the duplex, triplex kind of scene. And what I realized and what we know now is, oh my goodness, like there's just the whole world opens up when you look at commercial financing. Yes, it's more expensive, but also you, then, you know, what, how much you can purchase the, the number is infinite and the way that you can refinance it is completely different. And, and like that was the those are big hurdles. So I think the learning curve was um, a lot of systems and trial and error and that, but it was also a lot of mindset and a lot of um, getting, you know, 
getting out of our own way for the fear and also realizing that it's okay to spend more money as long as you're still going to make more money and that like you have to look at that as an equation as opposed to just, well, this is more expensive, therefore let's not do it. And I think that's uh, that's important because Mike and I did the same thing, but um, you're saying interest rates. We ended up buying our first fourplex and that was our first purchase. And then we took equity out of our home, down payment, everything was good. And then we said, holy man, this is awesome. We want to do it again. Um, but our mortgage, we weren't mortgage agents at the time. Our mortgage agent at the time put us back into a fixed product. So when we said, let's do it again, the house was in a fixed product again. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, it's going to cost you 18000 to get out of that mortgage to break it. And right, right away, we're like, oh, no, we don't want to do that. Yeah. No, nope, don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Not realizing you probably could have had access to fifty or $60,000, right? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And it ratios out. Like you said, you spend more. But if it's going to kick back more at the end, then it all, it ratios itself out and it makes sense. I mean, we lost out on a building. And what would the building have done? And I mean, in all honesty, that 18000 could have been paid off by the rental property in yeah. a year 14, or two, 15 right? Months, right? So it's like, yeah. but but not having that mindset. It's a big thing. It really does matter. <laughs> and I think we've all been caught in that fixed mortgage penalty, mm -hmm. you know, party where we've had, I think the last one, the last fixed mortgage, and I'm sure it's the last one we will ever do, <laughs> but I think it was like $15,000 was our penalty on that one. But with, there was so much equity in that building, like we could pull out almost a hundred. So that 15, it, it just, it kind of came out in the wash and it didn't even yeah. really matter. So you said, so nine, a lot of people would go to nine doors and be very comfortable with, wow, we got nine doors. That's, you know, that's good. We're, we're you know, it's enough for us. So what was the pivotal, why did you say, okay, nine is not enough for us. We want to go higher. Like what was that motivation and why did you want to do that? I think at that time, that's when we sat down and figured out what we wanted and, and why we wanted it. And uh, so I guess a, bit of backstory on me. I work uh, away uh, two weeks on and two weeks off. I work a rotational schedule. So I'm gone for um, for two weeks at a time. I work 84 hours a week while I'm gone and like 12 hour days. So it's eventually we want me to not have to work away mm -hmm. to, to be able to sure. afford our lifestyle. And, and that's that was our goal. So then we broke down. That's the why. And then the how is we need more doors and we need cash flow. So we actually switched markets uh, that we purchase in. We went um, across Canada and um, we primarily now invest in New Brunswick and we've uh, yeah found found the cash flow out there. It's getting harder to find, but you can uh, it can still be done. And yeah, we've we I guess figured ourselves out enough to to scale why we wanted to do it. And then it was just a matter of, of doing it. So COVID kind of hit in that uh, 2020 timeframe. And I think, as I say now, uh, when life hands you COVID, build an empire. So yeah. <laughs> well, and I think we all really did a great job of taking advantage of that pandemic, right? Because we all really scaled and grew over the last two years. And I, I know that that we moved part of our portfolio into New Brunswick, which is wonderful, and and the cash flow out there. I mean, at the time you couldn't you couldn't beat it, um, and the price points in you couldn't find that in any other market that we were looking in, anyways. Um, so it made for a, a great in and a great market that 
um, offered offered a lot. And um, you know what? We we love it, and we we love the cash flow of it. We're happy to um, let a property manager take care of it over there, and then kind of try to manage the manager piece. And now you know what? Becoming familiar with different markets because there's even better cash flow than what's out east that that we're finding now, which which creates all kinds of options and opportunities. Yeah. Troy, you mentioned, you know, you're still working. You know, what's the reality of the real estate investing that, you know, most people don't know? And like, what is the day to day and the week to week look like for you guys? I think that's a great uh, you know, question that I think a lot of people have the misconception that you buy a property and then either the money just keeps rolling in. It's, uh, you know, it's like you showering, right? yeah, you mentioned yeah. earlier, someone falls all over you. I have a four pack. <laughs> you must be showering in money. And, and that's, that's really not the case in, in my experience <laughs> anyway. Uh, so it is a lot of work. I work 84 hours and it's usually actually probably closer to 90 hours a week at a full-time job while I'm away. And I still usually work kind of one, maybe two hours a day after work on our personal business on our real estate. And then when I'm home, I probably work when I'm supposed to be off and not working. I work probably 30 to 40, 40 hours a week. So oh, easily with that many doors and that much to keep your eye on. It's I mean, that's that's definitely going to take some time. Well, and a lot of what we do is is burrs. So it's a lot of um, sourcing the deals, financing them, um, you know, dealing or doing the due diligence on it, um, managing the managers, as you alluded to there. Jen and um, refinancing and taxes and bookkeeping, bookkeeping and accounting. And accounting. And yep. There, there's there's a lot that that goes into kind of the behind the scenes stuff, the really boring and yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that back end stuff, that's what stabilizes you, right? Because if that oh. stuff isn't done properly and you're not holding everything accountable and organized, then your front end falls apart. Right now, Definitely. all of a sudden, there won't be that refinance or there won't be that um, that money to come in and do the reno. There won't be any of those things if you're not doing that piece on the back. And yeah. it, it's tough to find balance sometimes, for sure, especially when you're working so many hours and you're away from your family. And, and, and I get it. Like we were a double shift work family as we kind of started on this journey. And it, it was crazy back when our kids were small. And and now there's new perspective. Right. And there's new priorities. So it kind of gets easier for us anyways, as we go, as our kids get older, um, it's easier to kind of dedicate that time and now bring them into it to let them kind of be a part of things, which is another another aspect of it. But um, it's still that accountability piece that you need to stay organized because if you don't, then the stuff that needs to happen um, to make the money and grow the portfolio doesn't happen. Well, I was going to say, you know, Troy spoke a lot to like the kind of grindy stuff behind the scenes. But one of the things that um, has really helped us grow in the last couple of years is the concept of other people's money and working with private lenders. So that's a really that was a new thing for us. We didn't know that was what that was like. You know, we'd always heard of people having 100 doors, but had no idea how you'd ever get there. It was like like we were so curious. Really, who has that kind of down payment money sitting in an account? Right? I mean, I, I yeah, I was always like and I've always had this idea when I see other people that have something that I want, um, I I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but I felt like I, when I grew up and I saw those things, my family would cower, like people around me, teachers would just be like, yeah, well, like that's them. Like that's not possible for you or like kind of say things like that. And I just always remember having this like feeling inside me like, well, if they have it, then like 
I can't, I can't buy. Like, what did they do? And just a real curiosity. Um, and so I always had this curiosity, like, how do people have a hundred doors? Like they're somehow doing it. And, and I knew they weren't all people that just grew up with a ton of money. Um, so OPM really opened that up for us to be like, ah, this is a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just one more piece there in terms of like, what do the day-to-day and week-to-week look like, you know, attracting investors is is a whole other role as well, right? And then and then meeting with investors and finding win-wins and creating contracts and um, paying, setting, sending interest payments and communicating updates because some of our investors like to know, you know, what's happening with this and, yeah. and um, just keeping that's them amazing. up to date. So that is kind of a whole other body of work that's really only come out in the last uh, year and a bit, but... Well, that, that was my next question. So where did, because we've all kind of played the OPM game and that's what's kind of helped all of us kind of grow and scale in the last couple of years. So at what point did you guys start, like, what was your first OPM deal? What did that look like? Uh, it was, uh, well, I mean, we sort of, before before OPM was a term in our, in our vocabulary and before we, you know, Bigger Pockets was huge and before, um, we had joined a mentorship specifically to learn about it. I guess we sort of stumbled upon that as well. So even on our, our first duplex purchase, we leveraged equity from in our, our home to, mm-hmm. uh, to use as down payment. And that was sort of our strategy was to always never have any of our money into a property. Um, and then it, from there, our curiosity, I think grew and then we've yeah joined a, a mentorship program to, well, I think our Help first like more. a deal where we kind of got somebody on board was probably Cedar King Rock Rock. Yeah. Rock Street. Yeah. Uh, but as far as a private lender, yes. Yes. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Yes. It was uh, probably two. And just a year and a bit ago. Year, well, a year. Yeah. A year and a half ago, maybe that we got under contract and then, yeah, used private funds to purchase it. It was in a state of disrepair, I'll say and required uh, it was about $130,000 in renovations, mm-hmm. uh, exterior work, roof, windows, doors. There's a, a hole through the exterior wall, uh, you know, well, plus all, all the fun stuff, plumbing, electrical. So yeah, it was, it was a five oh, unit building. Like it's a full party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a five unit building that uh, we turned over. It's actually really, really nice now, yeah. but wasn't at the time. So traditional A lenders don't kind of don't want anything to do with those, right? Yeah. No, so. and we've all been there. And, and we too had a project like that. And um, ours went wrong in a hundred different ways. Like it took too long. We spent way too much money because once you really get into that big of a project, you really, like there's no end to, like you have to kind of tear it all apart to be able to put it all back together the right way. But um, that's turned into one of the best pieces of our portfolio. Right. And now it's it's stabilized. There's a great turner. There's a great tenant in there. Um, We've got above market level rents coming in and it just kind of clicks along on its own. And and it requires very little brain power. And that's exactly kind of what we try to do with projects that are like that. So um, and you're right. A lenders don't want anything to do with you when there's a project like that. No, definitely. So this sounds really like for our listeners now, it sounds really hard, discouraging. (laughs) There's lots of work. Lots of hours, lots of everything. Well, we did real estate. <laughs> um, but why? Why did you do it, and why is it worth it? Uh, for us, it's it's. I think about the long term gain. Gain. It's not. 
it's not like a get rich great sorry i can't speak a get rich quick scheme we're yeah. we're in it for the long haul so we understand that the equity that you're buying your tenants are you know helping you to, to buy every year or pay down uh your mortgage there's cash flow you know that we have month monthly in it uh and i can't think of a piece of property that i've ever looked at that 20 years down the road i haven't said man i wish i didn't buy that so, <laughs> right I, I think for us it's it's about the long-term gain and it's it's a legacy that we want to pass on to our daughter uh and then we we want the the long-term freedom i think to the the time freedom it's it's a lot of work now but i think no matter what if you want to work you know till you're 60 or 70 you could do that or you can put the hours in now hopefully retire when you're still young enough to enjoy, enjoy your life still have your health and that's that's really what I'm going for anyway. I don't know about her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it's uh, all of that and wanting you, wanting you home. You know, like wanting to be able to spend more time together and mm -hmm. um, yeah, just have some freedom, time, location, freedom, and uh, I think real estate. And we also have a lot of fun with it. Like we should also say, like we are kind of real estate nerds. That um, you know, we we went on a date night last night. And it was more like a business meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we should definitely write this off. Um, but like, we actually really do just enjoy talking about it and looking at pictures and looking at properties. And you know, we we live downtown Vancouver and we walk through the city and it's like, oh, have you heard about this building going up? And look at this, how that's going. And like, we just every time we travel somewhere, we find it really interesting. So I think it's also it's really cool to have that hobby together and to have that passion and anywhere you go in the world, there's always real estate. Uh, yeah. So it's really cool to like learn about different markets and, and yeah, just, I just find it really interesting. So it's a definitely like fun right now. I mean, like there's some boring, there's a lot of boring stuff for sure. Uh, but we're generally, we're having a lot of fun with it and the long term is uh, I think going to be really amazing. And that's where uh, Mike and I are in Florida and our newly purchased vacation rental home, which is, which is great. And we've actually connected with two investors now. The first, um, the first three first, days that we were here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because they were in town and uh, Zeb was our first guest because he ended up closing on a property. They didn't uh, sign till after five. So he didn't get the keys till Monday. So Mike said, we got six bedrooms. Come on over. Yeah. And then yesterday I, w I had connected um, before I had, we had come. So a few weeks ago with another real estate investor who is starting journey um, in, in Florida. Florida and just so happened that she was down here on a course and I said, come on by. So her and her partner came by. So, and then we geeked out and talked about real yeah. estate again. And then uh, later this week we got two more meetups. So it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And it's all real estate people and we just love it. Yeah. And I know. I think, I think we're all real estate nerds that way. Right. Like you get us together. I know we've, we've visited with Mike and Leanne numerous times over the last year and every time it's always real estate and where we've been and where we're going and what we think could be a great idea and, and the brainstorming. And it's, it's just always such a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And can you imagine like when you talk about, you know, being a team and being on board with it, both of you. Like if, if we got down there and I said to Leanne, oh, by the way, uh, you know, Zeb didn't get his keys. He's staying in a hotel. I invited him over for two days to stay at our house. <laughs> She'd be like, 
what do you mean? We just we met that guy once, like you know what I mean. We met him at a you know a real estate when bus we were down tour. bus tour, right? And we really connected with him and called him and his wife. And so she was like, "Yeah, we you know we can't wait to have him over, right?" But um, so it's so important, you know, to be like minded. So um, question for you guys: So you know, what systems you know have you put in place and actions you're taking, you know, to help grow your real estate business and to you know to help make it easier? You can go ahead. <laughs> oh, well, the big one I think is is property managers. So we kind of alluded to that earlier, but that's one that really t uh, takes takes away a lot of work for you and, and gives you your time back. Um, we try and have a, a great team on the ground working for us. So that's you know everything from realtors to insurance uh, brokers to uh, mortgage brokers or or lenders that we work with. Um, we try and automate everything, you know, whether it's searches for real estate on different platforms or even bookkeeping, you know, we, a lot of people, I think still use like a spreadsheet or something to try and enter their expenses manually. And they don't want to pay for, uh, you know, a program to do it, but you can leverage any number of the online, uh, bookkeeping platforms. We use QuickBooks personally, but there's others out there, um, to, automatically add your expenses it knows different you know vendors and and can take that work away from you um and then i think learning from others so i think it's it's time again that if you can learn it yourself and you can probably figure it out and you can you know learn the hard way i guess or you can pay so uh, we've really tried to leverage other people's knowledge as well mm -hmm. as other people's money to accelerate our our business in, in real estate. Yeah, that's I think that's a really important point that you just touched on. And I know that Steph loves to talk about that when he's with us is being able to leverage other people's um, knowledge. And we try really hard to surround ourselves with people who are, are smarter than we are at, at what we're trying to learn, because that's how you learn how to do it properly. Right. So that's, I think, a really important point. Um, to kind of put out there is that that's what's going to help you leverage your knowledge is surrounding yourself and building your team with people who are better at things than you are, at least at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think two maybe counterintuitive and pros and cons things that I, I think have also helped us to make this easier. Um, and it, different people have different perspectives on this, but I think for us, like Troy keeping his day job has actually made things easier in some ways. Um, it's allowed us to keep money in the business and continue to reinvest that money. Um, you know, I think, I don't know, it keeps us in the game a little differently. Um, gives him when, you know, when you're home, you have, you have all this time to, to do bookkeeping. <laughs> but I think, I think it's actually worked for us. Um, and like, you know, networking and all that is still in your job. Um, and then also like, we do have some pretty ambitious goals. But we've given ourselves probably like a longer time frame than what we could go with, which sounds kind of counterintuitive, but I think it's worked for us because when it comes to real estate, I think quality really does matter. And I think it, it can be very tempting to just kind of buy anything, especially the last two years. There's been like this real frenzy in Canada to just buy something and just get in the market. And you know what? Maybe we'll wish we'd bought everything we looked at in the last two years, but knowing our goal to be to ca create cash flow, we've had to be really intentional about what we buy. And sometimes there is, you know, a few months that goes by without anything. And I think if we'd had like a very short time frame, we maybe would have felt pressured to buy things that didn't necessarily 
align with our goal or it may have taken us off track or it may not have made as much money. So I think having a longer time frame has given us the ability to focus on quality, taken some pressure off and given us more room for, for learning, for making some, definitely we're still making mistakes. Don't think that because I've said we have longer time that now we're not making mistakes. We're still making them, but they're not um, kicking us back on our time frame because we've kind of built in, like we've got this time to make the mistakes and we know they're going to happen. And so we don't, we don't feel discouraged when they happen. Instead, we're like, all right, we learned that. That was great. That not do that again. And let's yep. go do something different. Kind of pocket that knowledge and leave it in there for the next time you're in a similar situation and yeah. you know, that's not what you do. Yeah. I share it with everybody we know. So nobody else does the same thing. Don't and do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do yeah. There are some counterintuitive things that maybe you wouldn't think that would be helpful, but for us, we've found them really helpful. Right on. So what are you guys working on now? Like what projects do you have in the pipe? If, if you're comfortable sharing? Yeah. Uh, so we are in the midst of uh, several different projects uh, similar to the one we talked about earlier, but um, we have one building that was fire damaged and that we, when we purchased it. So we're getting that one back in order. Uh, hopefully should be done in the next uh, three months or so. Uh, another commercial mixed mixed use commercial residential building we purchased that uh, is a, a new sort of venture for us. We're actually going to be putting some self storage into it. Nice. So uh, that's in in progress and then actually we just got another building under contract last week so we're doing the due diligence on that which is is basically done but we'll be uh you know working with our private investors to to close that one and it's uh and now are all of these still in new brunswick like is that your market of focus still or have you are you looking anywhere else yet or you just you're still comfortable there uh yeah i think we're still comfortable there i think that's Part of what we're working on next too is also looking at other markets. So we're we're interested in, and we've again uh, purchased a, another mentorship program to start learning about the U.S. and investing in there specifically as Canadians investing in in the U.S. Right on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's a big. I think probably this week we're gonna start diving into that in our in our spare time. Um, <laughs> and then I would also say, uh, like, just growing community. It's so important to. To have community um so we have uh we just started a facebook group we've been hosting networking events here in vancouver which has been really fun over the last six months but we just kept getting people being like what else are you gonna do uh i want to join but they're all over the country and mm -hmm. so you know we're starting to do some virtual networking and just just bring people together in community and and hopefully sharing some you know real stories and and learning from each other and and going there so i think that part i i the last two years it's been great for building the empire but I don't know about you guys, but I feel like our community has been kind of destroyed in some other ways. So I'm, that's another important thing I think is to kind of rebuild that and do the networking events, um, have our group keep, we, we, I have a podcast as well that, you know, we've we're put out some content on that. Hopefully we'll continue to do that just to share knowledge and, yep. um, and be with, I don't know. I miss people. I'm an extrovert. I'm like, Bring it on. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> I know that's, that's amazing. That's, I think that's really amazing. I think you guys have a wonderful backstory. And I love the energy and I love the thought process. And you two both seem to have a really strong mindset with where you are and where you want to be and how to get there. So that's, I, I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and are going to be inspired. And they're, they're going to think that this is just a great, a great bit of, of information that, that you guys are sharing for sure. Take us to the lightning round. Yep. That's what I'm looking for now. So lightning round. So I'm, I'm not the lightning round expert, but these are just quick questions. This is a Leanne thing. Um, but so really quick questions, 
no real thought process, like whatever comes into your head, just put out there, remembering that there might be, I don't know, kids under 18 listening. <laughs> um, so if I gave you $1 million today, what would you do with it? I would invest it in a large multifamily building. I'd definitely find a, a project that you had to buy it with cash or use it to as a down payment and uh, finance the rest. Okay. Oh, there was another part to that question that my phone cut off when I took a, a screenshot. So, okay. So I gave you a million dollars and that's great. We would all buy a big multifamily building, I think with it, if we had it, but if you had to pick between a $500,000 annual career or a hundred doors, which would you choose? A hundred doors. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa, Lisa you're, cool. you're, you're silent there. Well, I just, <laughs> I want to know how much the hundred doors are cash flowing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I think it's really easy. It, and I've, so I'm a goal coach. So like, I like break things down. I'm like, why do you want the hundred doors? Like what, you know, there's a big difference between wanting a hundred doors because of what the hundred doors gives you versus just like, I have a hundred doors to say I have a hundred doors and tell people I have a hundred doors and feel like I've gotten that thing. So I would be just curious about what the cash flow on that is. It's a lightning round. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's funny. You said that too, because I, we were talking with Jen just the other day and I think she talked with somebody and he said, a big thing in Southern Ontario right now is people are excited if they can negative cash flow $400 on a property, then that's a good deal right now in, in Southern Ontario. So yeah. you think a hundred doors at negative $400, like, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. So. yeah. I don't want those ones. I don't want those. Yeah. Ones. Yeah. No, 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 no. no and, and most of us don't. And, and again, but there's so many people that are buying them and I, I would really love to have them on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of say, can you explain it to me? Like, because I, I feel like I'm missing I'm missing a big piece of something here. So if you had no money restrictions, where would you be right now? I definitely have a place in New York. I love New York City. I love the energy of the city. Um, I'd still have a place in Vancouver because I love like the nature and Vancouver is just stunning. And then we talk about this a lot. Uh, I talk about this a lot. <laughs> I don't like vacation. I don't know. Lots of, I love, I love traveling. I love trying new places, but Greece is a favorite. My family's in Croatia. I don't know. You probably want to do like something in Mexico or Costa Rica. In the Caribbean, I think somewhere. I don't know quite where, but yeah. It's probably I, know. I like, I like divert, like trying different things. So yeah, yeah you might, awesome. you might stay in the Caribbean while I go to New York, but that'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> So here's a, a, another one. Uh, what is your favorite TV series? It's kind of a hard question because we don't watch TV. <laughs> I was like, you guys look kind of confused. Are there so many to pick from? You just yeah. don't know. what are you guys watching? No, I, favorite podcast. Yeah. I mean, we, we cut the cord on cable like ten years ago, but um, yeah. anything on a streaming service. I, okay, I love Sex in the City. Probably the New York thing again. I just, right. I, yeah, I watched that like, and I can watch it again and again. <laughs> yeah, it never gets old. True it does. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. There's some things that definitely are like, oh yeah, this was definitely 20 years ago, but um, it's just still, it's still fun. So I do like Sex in the City. I guess if we're going old school HBO, I'll say The Sopranos. There you oh. go. There you go. Both great shows. Yeah. Okay, so for your next go around, so not talking about any of the projects that you're doing right now or preparing to do right now, your next one. Uh, short-term rental or long-term rental? Long. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
It depends on the location. If it was a cool location, I'd be open to a short-term rental, kind of like what Mike and Leanne are doing. And then you get to go, you know, check on the property and yep. do the due diligence. And yeah, so I, yeah. An expense at all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just reasonable expenses is all we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> And last but not least, uh, do you reward yourself for when you have successes in the real estate world? So when you close on a property, when you, you know, anything, do you reward yourselves and how do you do it? So I would say yes, because Lisa mandates that we do. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I love it. I think I, I'm wired differently where we're just like, we'll close on a property. And she's like, oh, we should celebrate. I'm like, there's so much more to do. Let's, yeah. Yeah. No Let's not celebrate. That just starts the list. Yes. So I, I think we try to. And I think it's important to celebrate them. But sometimes it's more of just like have a bottle of wine or something versus, you know, planning a vacation or a dinner or something too elaborate. But yeah, I think we try to. Fair enough. I think we could do better the last little while. We've kind of fallen off off the wagon. We've, yeah, we, could probably, we used to be really good about going, going out for dinner. But, you know, when we bought like seven properties in a year, we just kind of fell, you know, fell off. So I'd like to get back to it. And I also would like a vacation. Have that be heard for all. Like, a vacation would be lovely. Right. As well. I think because I think we do need to like rest as well. Definitely. And, and there needs to be a balance, right? Yes. Yeah, so important. Yeah. And COVID made it hard, so it was hard to do things as well. So now it's, and people stopped doing things because going out for supper was a difficult thing, but now yeah. everything's more back to normal. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, so all of those normal rituals that you usually would have done to celebrate any kind of occasion can kind of come back now. Like I know for us, COVID, it was way big, it was way easier to just buy properties, less easy to travel and see them and celebrate those kinds of accomplishments. So now hopefully we'll find a little bit more balance that way because being able to rest and celebrate your successes is is really important. And we're all doing this to kind of find that freedom, right? That time freedom, that location freedom, that financial freedom. And having all of those kinds of freedoms usually means not working quite so hard. So um, that's really important stuff too. But that brings us really to the end. So really, I, I, I love your story. I can't thank you guys enough for joining us today. Um, guaranteed there are going to be a ton of people that are going to see this who are going to want to know where they can find you and uh, reach out to you if that's something that you're comfortable uh, doing and, and kind of having those conversations um, with people who want to know more. Is there anywhere where we can find you? Uh, yeah, you know, we're happy to chat with people and connect. We're looking to just build more intentional investors and communities. So um, we are on most of the platforms. So uh, we have a Facebook group. Um, we also have a Facebook page. Uh, you can follow us also on Instagram. We have a page called Show Investments. And then I have my own Instagram at the Lisa Me Show. Um, and we're just working on a website. That's we didn't mention that as a project, but you know, also in spare time. Yeah, we'll one more thing in the mix, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we'll, maybe I'll we'll give you a link. You can pop it in the show notes, and maybe by the time this airs, that'll be there'll be something there. Yeah. So okay. you know what? I think that's wonderful. And again, thank you so much. Um, you guys have been so much fun to listen to and to connect with and have conversations with. Mike, Leanne, anything from you guys? Uh, I always say thanks for keeping it real. Yes, and, uh, that's Mike's little send off for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's 100% right. Thank you for keeping it real and for being part of our little our little podcast and, and our little way of kind of connecting and, and putting some good information out there and always always happy to share. And I'm 
I'm thankful that we um, that we had this opportunity, and I'm gonna look you guys up on all the platforms <laughs> and uh, link in with you later, and and kind of I'm really excited to see where you go from here. So, if that's it, then thank you so much, and um, I look forward to seeing the release and um, the response that we get from it. So have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for having us, you guys.